Hey guys, it's Michelle Pilipich, registered dietitian, certified personal trainer, and your host of this Simply Intuitive podcast. I am here to talk all things intuitive eating, healthy living, and breaking down what is true versus what is wellness or diet culture myth so that you know how to live your healthiest life in an easy, simple, and sustainable way. Today, I am chatting with my associate dietitian, Kelly Sloven, and we're talking all things electrolytes. Kelly is an expert in sports nutrition, as well as disordered eating and helping people have a healthy relationship with food. And we wanted to talk about electrolytes because they are, there are so many electrolyte products and they are something that's being pushed like on every single, honestly, lots of podcasts. Um, And social media is just telling you that you need these supplements. And sometimes people are overdoing it. Like, yes, they're helpful, and there's a lot of nuance to this topic, so we wanted to have a whole conversation so that we could really explain what electrolytes are, how much you really need, how much you need in different situations, and how to make sure you are having a product that actually meets those needs rather than one that is just advertised to be... I don't know, quote unquote, perfect, but maybe it's not actually what's right for you. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. We share a lot of information and also a lot of caveats that everything is going to be personal. So if you are looking for recommendations and guidance on nutrition for you specifically, what you need in terms of whether it's electrolytes, fueling for a sport, training for a race or activity, or just being your healthiest self reach out to us. There are links in the show notes to follow us on social media, DM us there, as well as book a free discovery call and ask any questions you might have about what it's like to work with us so that you can get that one-on-one support. So check out those links after you listen to this conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Kelly. Hi. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining me today. I'm excited to chat about this topic that we have in store. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. So we are here today to talk about electrolytes, which is a like buzzy hot topic. I feel like every single podcast is sponsored by electrolytes and um, a lot of people are taking them without really knowing much about them. So that's what we're going to define and go over. But before we get into all those details, can you share with everyone a bit about your background, um, how you got into nutrition, your favorite sort of nutrition topics, your expertise? You are, I don't want to spoil it, but you know everything about sports nutrition. So (laughs) share with everyone your experience. Yeah. So hi, I'm Kelly. I'm a registered dietitian. And as you said, I focus in sports nutrition and my passions within that really lie with like period recovery and relative energy deficiency in sport, also known as REDS, um, and just kind of helping athletes learn how to fuel properly so they can be their strongest self, both in regular life and in their sport. So I got into nutrition through a number of different ways, but what really pushed me towards sports nutrition was my own passions in being an athletic individual. I was a swimmer growing up and then I got into running when I was in college. And in 2020, I ran the Chicago Marathon and I realized the most fun part of training for me was like trying out all of these different like nutrition recommendations and 
all the evidence-based research I was reading about on myself. So I like to say I'm my own guinea pig when it comes to my nutrition recommendations because I just love testing it out. I'm like such a geek about it. I feel like it's so fun to learn and then I just want to like do it on my own. So that's kind of how I got to where I am now. Amazing. I feel like as dietitians, we all are our own nutrition guinea pigs and like have tried so many different things. And like for me, it's been a lot of the GI stuff and I've done like FODMAP diet and all of that. Um, But it's so funny because with marathon training, I hate the nutrition part of it. <laughs> like It's like, I know what to do. I know all the things and it, I don't know, my body is sensitive and it's like the hardest part for me. Um, but definitely, definitely fun to learn and to guide other people in and like notice the changes. I was, I described to someone that like taking fuel on a run is like the turbo, like the uh, boost on an e-bike. I'm like, it just like gives you that energy. It's so fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's the coolest part. I the first like long race I ever did was a half marathon. And so I had never tried fueling or hydration before. Like I didn't even know what that really was or like where to look to learn about it. And as soon as I started getting past like hour long runs, I just felt awful (laughs) like the entire run. (laughs) And as soon as I tried even just drinking water on a run, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is such a game changer. Why did no one tell me? Yeah, nobody really knows. And I remember when I first start, when I trained for my first marathon is really when I first started. And before that, with half marathons, I was just clueless um, because I had done them like in college before I was even studying nutrition. Mm -hmm. And the first time I fueled on a long run, I was so nervous because people say like, you know, you have to practice. You don't know how it's going to affect your stomach, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to feel horrible on this run. And I was at my parents' house visiting them. And so, you know, they didn't have like gels and stuff. So I remember I brought raisins and I was so nervous that I ate a single raisin on this like 10 mile run as if that's going to do something. Like it was so stupid. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, everyone talks about like worrying about the GI issues that could come from it. I definitely, it took a long time to move from just having water to having electrolytes even because I was worried about like, what is the sugar going to do to my stomach on a run? Like I have no idea. So yeah. Yes. Okay. So that is a perfect transition because um, it's so important to think about with running with any kind of endurance event, even just like being active in the summer in hot weather. Um, but also everyone and their mother is taking electrolytes now. And a lot of people don't really know what they are, what they do. Do they need them? How much do they need? So can you give us a definition? What are electrolytes? Yes. Well, I totally agree. I feel like electrolytes were the trend of the summer. I was seeing them everywhere. But electrolytes are essentially just minerals that our body needs like on a daily basis, not just for hydration, but for things like muscle contraction, blood pressure, even like maintaining your body temperature when exercising. They're super important. So it's just like a basic part of everyday life. But when you turn to exercise, it's much more important to focus on. Exactly. And the ones that are most common are sodium, magnesium, potassium. And we're going to talk mostly about sodium because that is the one that kind of gets the most buzz and can have negative effects if you have too much of it. It's something that most Americans ingest a lot of. And when we think about the standard American diet, sodium is a nutrient to kind of watch out for. Um, 
it definitely can be overly demonized, especially when you get into like the athletic population and you actually need more. So it's very nuanced. And we're going to focus on sodium um, because that is probably one of the most important electrolytes, although they're all important. So when we talk about sodium, the recommendation is to get a maximum of 2,300 milligrams per day of sodium, which you know, when you look at different types of foods, it's like not a lot. It's pretty easy to meet um, that recommendation, but that is just the blanket recommendation for like the average adult. So can you talk about sodium needs in different populations, especially people who are active? Yeah. So that 2,300 milligrams is recommended for people assuming that they're not super active. And so it's more like a limit than an amount that you want to reach because um, as we all know, like it can play a role in heart disease for someone who is consuming way, way too much. But for athletes in particular, that's actually not a concern. And the bigger concern is not getting enough sodium. Mm -hmm. And that's because sodium plays such a huge role in hydration. We lose large amounts of sodium in our sweat That's why it's the most important mineral and why we're addressing it today. We lose way more sodium than some of those other ones um, like potassium and magnesium. And so we actually need to be consuming more. And for most athletes, especially endurance athletes, you're going to need way more than 2,300 milligrams. And um, it's just really important to make sure that you're actually focusing on that as part of your hydration strategy. Because if you're just having water, it's not really going to do all that much. And if you are having water when already at a point of dehydrated, it might not even be retained in your body. Like you need that salt to help your body retain it and stay hydrated. Right. That's the key thing. Like water follows sodium in our Mm -hmm. body's biology. And so to actually absorb the water and like you get it into your cells, into your bloodstream, you need the sodium paired with it. Kind of like when we talk about um, fat-soluble vitamins, like if you're consuming vitamin D, you need to be having it with fat to actually absorb it. So you need sodium with your fluid to really absorb it well. So yeah, like you were saying with athletes, they need to have a lot more sodium. The 2,300 milligrams in that like messaging we hear about sodium is often very fear-mongering and like you're going to get high blood pressure and there's so much sodium in canned soup, packaged foods, blah, 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 which like it is true. There is a lot of sodium in a lot of packaged foods. Um, And this is why nutrition is so individual because Mm -hmm. some people really need it. So like you said, athletes really need more. They're losing more in their sweat and you need more so that you can really retain all the hydration you're taking in during your workouts. Right now, as we are recording this, it is the week of the Chicago Marathon. You mentioned you ran a Chicago Marathon. I'm currently training for the New York City Marathon. So marathon running is a good example. And it's also not the only time that you need this. Like even if you're going out for really long bike rides, if you're going on long runs but not training for a specific race, if it's summer, which like now we're getting into fall, but depending on where you live, if it's hot and humid and you're somebody who likes to be outside hiking, gardening, like doing something active for more than an hour, 
most days, then this could apply to you too. So in those scenarios of engaging in exercise, how can people measure the amount of sodium they should be taking in? Like, what are those recommendations? Yeah. So it's honestly kind of impossible to make a blanket statement for hydration recommendations for people because it's so different. Like the amount of salt you have in your sweat can play a role. And then the amount that you sweat, like all of these things vary from person to person. Mm -hmm. And so there isn't like one general recommendation I would make. But if you notice yourself like tasting sweat after a workout or like having that buildup on your face or on your clothes from the salt, then you're probably a salty sweater and do need more than the average person, even as an athlete. So that's one way you can tell. Um, I do also want to point out, because I was a swimmer growing up, like even if you're in the pool, you're still sweating also and you're still going to have higher needs. So in that case, of course, you're not going to see the salt building up, but you may notice like if your urine color is super dark after swim Mm -hmm. practice or after any workout, for like a few hours after, then you probably also need to be taking in more salt and hydration. Right. Yeah. That is a great marker. Like you want that pale lemonade color you're in. And if it's darker than that, you need more hydration. Um, Great. So while somebody is exercising, like during those long runs, you want to be taking in sodium from your fluids, from your gels, from like salt tablets, whatever it is that you need. Like Kelly mentioned, you might be a salty sweater. And that (laughs) is, whenever I say that, I always think of like sweater, like a sweater that you wear. And I'm like a salty sweater. That just like sounds so bizarre, but it's just always how my brain thinks of it. And I'm like, do people know what I'm talking about? (laughs) But if you are a person whose sweat has a lot of salt, um, which you might notice from that that salt buildup I always think about like when you go to the beach and you go in the ocean and then the water dries and the salt is still on you that can happen just from sweat as well some people see it like on their clothes um then that is a sign that you want to probably be like getting those salt tab supplements products whatever they are (laughs) uh salt stick is a great brand getting those salt tablets having those literally during your workout so during the workout you want to ideally work with a dietitian, have like three to 600 milligrams of sodium per hour that you're replenishing. And that could go way higher. You might need 700, you might need a thousand milligrams per hour based on how much salt is in your sweat. So work with a dietitian and replenish that salt during every hour that you are active and actively sweating. And then during the day, you might need more too. And I, you know, I think about this for myself, like I am someone who typically has low blood pressure just always and, you know, cooks a lot of my food at home. And so I don't take in a ton of sodium. So I'm never shy with it. Like I salt my food all the time. My, I mean, you're supposed to do this, but my pasta water last night was like so salty that like my pasta actually tastes salty just from cooking it. And it tastes good. Like that's what you're supposed to do. (laughs) So even during an average day, if you're someone who's active, like you might just need more. And that's where these electrolyte powders and supplements and things can come into play, like both during the workouts and even after or before on an average day. Um, But then some people are taking them just for fun all the time. So 
can you start off with some thoughts about that? And I have some thoughts too. <laughs> yes. Um, when I first started diving into like all the ins and outs of sports nutrition, something that really surprised me was that a lot of people actually end up overhydrating because of how much it's emphasized in like the health and wellness world. Mm-hmm. And so you can absolutely do that even with electrolytes. Um, especially if you're not like an endurance athlete or working out all the time, or maybe like transitioning from the different in temp- different temperature from summer to winter makes a big difference too. Mm-hmm. So if you're taking in those electrolytes, like all the time when you don't need them, it's just unnecessary. Like you're not, you're not giving your body something that it needs per se. Right. And, you know, like we said, that general recommendation of 2,300 milligrams is a maximum. It's like an upper Mm -hmm. limit and you don't want to go beyond that. And some of these supplements have a thousand milligrams of sodium in them already. So you're very easily getting half of what you want to have as a max just from one beverage. And then if you are eating a standard American diet, if you're having packaged foods that have more sodium to preserve them, you could be very easily blowing past that 2300. So it's really nuanced. Right. And a lot of people are already going past that 2300 without these added supplements, just because Mm -hmm. of the way that our food is cooked and prepared here in the US. And even like salt just makes food taste better. So even if you're cooking at home, like you might be adding close to that amount of salt when you get to the end of the day already. Yeah. What did I say? We were doing some quick searches beforehand and um, most people in the U.S. have, what did it say, like six to 8,000 milligrams a day? And that's like three to four times what we're supposed to be having. So yes, it's easy to go past it. And, you know, I also always want to balance that out with the other side because we are dealing with intense wellness culture on social media with orthorexia, with... um, quote unquote, clean eating. And so some people might be having nowhere near enough, especially if they're also active and they might need to like way increase that. But then on the other hand, some people could be just thinking they need to add every single supplement to their wellness routine and then going way beyond that recommended amount. So it's very nuanced. It's very hard to, um, to balance, which is why it's so important to see a dietitian to get your unique individual recommendations. And when, you know, I also want to point out, like when we talk about the standard American diet, that is kind of extreme, especially compared to what we see on social media. So Mm -hmm. the standard American diet is getting a lot of your hydration from sugar sweetened beverages, drinking a lot of soda, eating fast food multiple, multiple times a week, like having things that are frozen, um, and pre-made often. And those things are not bad inherently. Like frozen foods, pre-made foods can be very convenient things to add into your routine as long as we are balancing them out with other proper nutrients. If you are someone who cooks every single meal from home, you're probably not going to have more sodium than you need because your food would taste bad. <laughs> like that would be right. kind of going overboard. Um it's more so when you have that combination of other packaged and pre-prepared foods that you want to think about it. And this is also like everything in nutrition about the big picture. And so if you have fast food 
one day if you have a really high sodium day and you can feel like, oh, I feel puffy the next day or whatever. If that's not what you're doing every day of the week, then it's fine that you had more than that 2,300 milligrams in a day. Like that's totally okay. Um, But we also are kind of taking things to the extreme with adding in these supplements. And what I always think of is like people will now have – you know, liquid IV in their goodie bags after a wedding, like every single weekend. And a lot of people use it for the anti-hangover effects, which it's not like a magic pill that's going to stop you from getting a hangover. We know that it's helpful to balance alcohol with water and hydration. Mm -hmm. So it's just sodium helps you absorb water. But I, I don't know. I don't know of any research that like electrolytes stop a hangover (laughs) no there's not any I mean by the time alcohol hits your stomach like it's absorbed in your stomach which most other things we consume are absorbed further along in your gastrointestinal tract so like there's no backtracking from that it's in your system you're gonna experience the symptoms it's great that you want to hydrate the next day but I can't Mm -hmm. say that it's gonna like get rid of the hangover exactly exactly like hydrate the day before as well if you really want to not feel bad afterwards (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So I know you have some numbers for us on some of these popular supplements. I just mentioned liquid IV. Can you run us through like the profiles of a lot of the products that people have probably heard of and maybe are using? Yes, absolutely. And as I go through these, just keeping in mind like that three to six hundred, three hundred to six hundred milligrams per hour is the recommendation for athletes. And so that's something to remember as I mention these because some of them are nowhere near that recommendation. Mm -hmm. So the first one I want to point out because they've been very popular this summer coming out are Prime and Body Armor. Prime has only 10 milligrams of sodium per serving and Body Armor has 40 milligrams. So they're marketed as sports drinks, but they're not really giving you anything that you need to refuel and rehydrate as an athlete. And I mean, another thing that should be part of a sports drink is glucose. And so if some of these are marketed as low sugar or sugar-free, like it's absolutely not giving you what you need. So that is kind of crazy to me that they can be marketed like that. Right. It's crazy. There's so much fear of sugar and that's such a selling point for a lot of these drinks that it, like, it doesn't make sense because if you're truly using them as a sports product, like, yes, we need that three to 600 milligrams of sodium per hour. We also need 40 to 60 grams of carbs per hour or more. And like carbs are broken down into sugar. Sugar's a carb. It's totally fine. Like that is going to fuel your body as well. If you're not getting it in your hydration, you're just going to need to get it from gels or something else. So It's just really feeding into wellness culture. Absolutely. And as much as we need carbs on their own, they also help us with digesting sodium and absorbing it. So like Mm -hmm. it, it has so many different benefits to it. So definitely, of course, if you want one of those, okay, let's say for example, noon is the next one on my list. It gives you 300 milligrams of sodium, but it doesn't really have any carbs in it. If that's Mm -hmm. your favorite electrolyte drink from the flavor and the taste and all of that that's awesome and you can just supplement with carbs if you're out on a run you can have your gel or chews or whatever and that's totally fine um as long as you're getting sodium and the carbs together they don't necessarily all need to be packaged in this one little drink right and that's one of my favorites um i do love noon and a friend of mine was telling me that what she does because she is a heavy sweater and a salty sweater 
um, she'll just double up and put two of the tablets into her yeah. water instead of one. So like that also really works. Yeah, that's perfect. That hits you right at 600, right towards that yeah. top end of the recommendation. Yeah. yeah. So there are a few other right around that um, sodium amount, like scratch is around 380. Um, liquid IV is a little higher, closer to like 400 milligrams of sodium. So that is a great option if you're a heavy sweater. And then one other I want to point out is LMNT is a pretty popular one that does come in at a thousand milligrams. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of what we were getting at earlier with some of them can even give more than you need, depending on your personal needs. Mm -hmm. So that is something to actually look out for. Yeah. And I mean, I love LMNT. I have started using it sometimes, especially during the summer because I was going on those long runs, sweating a ton. It was so insanely Mm -hmm. hot. But on an average day, like I'm not going to drink it all the time. You know, it's so situational. And even this summer while my family was on vacation, my brother was asking me because he loves Element. And he was like, how much is too much of this? If I'm having like two a day, is that bad? But he um, was training for a hundred mile bike race in the middle of the summer. And he's a man. And so like he's sweating a ton. He's working out a ton. Yeah, he probably needs those 2,000 milligrams because of like to replenish from his workout and to just add to his general sodium needs. So for him, I was like, you know, it's really probably not bad for you to have two of those a day when you're riding every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, On the days you don't ride, like probably don't need them, but it really is so individual. So I think it's just something to be aware of because Element, you know, not hating on them at all. It's a great product. And it's one of the probably most heavily advertised that I hear about. And so when it's advertised so much to just the general population, like that is one of the ones with the highest sodium content. So people can easily take it too far. Yeah, absolutely. And as you were saying, you can totally mix and match. Like maybe during the winter months, if you live somewhere that's colder, you could have one that has less sodium in it and then switch to element in the summer if you're out like in the 90 degree humid weather all the time. So there's no one right answer either. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Cool. I also, sorry, I wanted to say, I think sometimes Gatorade gets a bad rap, but it totally fits in. I was just going to ask you about Gatorade. (laughs) Yeah, I have two different ones that I looked into because the regular like original Gatorade fits into our recommendations for the most part. It has like 270 milligrams of sodium. And then there's like an endurance formula version that has a similar Mm -hmm. amount and it's giving us those carbohydrates. Like it's the perfect sports drink and it's totally gotten a bad route these last few years. It really has. Like it's been around forever for a reason, especially that Gatorade (laughs) endurance. Yeah. It's a Mm -hmm. great one. Yeah, I remember my swim coach when I was a kid would like recommend that we bring it to practice. And I just was so surprised by that. And now looking back, I'm like, wow, she was a fantastic coach. <laughs> like she knew yeah. what we needed. <laughs> she knew what she was talking about. And yeah. it's also, you know, important to point out that Gatorade is probably one of the easiest products to find and mm-hmm. probably one of the least expensive. And so many yeah. of these products can become really pricey and unavailable and it does make sports and sports nutrition like kind of elitist in a way. And so you're not a bad athlete for drinking Gatorade. Like it's totally fine. It is not a bad product. 
if that is what you have access to, great. Like, yeah, it's the easiest thing. I'm not trying to spend a million dollars on all of my products. People say like, oh, running is the least expensive sport. But then you get into all the fuel and all the hydration and all the like everything that you need. It can really add up even just with like how hungry you are when you're training. My grocery bill always goes up when I'm training for a race. So if Gatorade and like getting something cheaper helps you just save a bit of money, go for it. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's a great option. And speaking of cheaper options, you can also make your own sports drinks, which I would recommend like finding a recipe so that you know you're getting enough salt in it. But mixing juice with maybe some water and then adding salt to it, like that's that's all a sports drink is. And so you can totally make it at home, especially even if you just like run out of your noon tablets or whatever and you need to rehydrate after a run, like that's a great option too. Yeah. I've even heard of people taking – like gummy candies and just like rolling them in salt or something. (laughs) I also read in um, one of my sports nutrition books, this woman was giving an example of fuel for cycling. And I guess it could work for running too. She was like, you could use tiny boiled potatoes, put a light coating of oil and then roll them in salt. And like, there you go, carbs and salt. (laughs) It sounds so funny in the running world, like we would never think of bringing potatoes with us, but when right. you get into like ultra running or triathlons, it's so normal yeah. to eat like a regular piece of food on your run. Right. Like I've even heard like quesadillas or something like that, like just a cheese Yes, quesadilla. I've heard that too in ultras and, and cycling too, I feel like, because you're not mm-hmm. jostling your body around, like right. you can have a much wider variety of foods, but I went on a cycling trip in Croatia last year and one of our guides we were sitting at lunch having these like I think it was like a potato zucchini like fritter kind of thing and our guide was like oh yeah when I have a long ride I just like stuff a bunch of these in my pockets and eat them as I'm riding I was like wait that's so smart like giving me plenty of carbs so it really can be simple um one of my long runs that I did while on vacation this summer I just brought, I had noon because noon is also a good one that is um, accessible, you know, Mm -hmm. similar to Gatorade. Like I bought it at a Rite Aid or something. You can typically find it at like Target or pharmacies. I was like, what's the word? (laughs) Like CVS, Walgreens, those types of stores usually have it. And I just had noon and Swedish fish. And like, Mm -hmm. that was my fuel and it worked fine. And so you could even dip your Swedish fish in salt if you need more. Um, So we really can simplify things with your sports nutrition, with your hangover prevention. Like you don't have to buy every single fancy supplement on the market. Right. Yeah. And even like just salting your food during the day may end up being part of your hydration strategy, depending on where you're at and your totally. training and your needs. So there's so much more than just these supplements. Yes. And paying attention to what you crave, I think is mm-hmm. so important. Like Our bodies are so smart and we will crave what we need. And so if you're low on sodium, you're probably going to be craving salty foods. And then, you know, diet culture tells us like, oh, resist that, be disciplined, don't have too much salt. But no, like that's a message that you need it. Just pay attention to what you're craving, have what you're craving, you know, within reason and like also make sure you're maintaining balance and you're going to be doing yourself so much good. Our bodies will tell us what we have to do. Yeah, that's such a good point. I am the biggest sweet tooth and I love having anything sweet carb based for breakfast. But Mm -hmm. when I'm in the deep of training for a marathon or half marathon, I crave 
everything salty after my runs. Like I'll plan to make pancakes or something after. And then I get back and I'm like, no, I want eggs and cheese and bacon. <laughs> like I Yeah, want. it's so funny. And that's always like, it then reminds me, I'm like, oh, I should probably be bringing more out with me on my runs too. Like hydrating more during the run if I'm craving this much salt all the time. Cause it's not, right. it's not normal for me. Right. A lot of times we have all the information we need if we just <laughs> tune into that internal messaging. Absolutely. Yeah. Such a good point. Cool. Any other final tips for people, especially because this is going to be posted right away tomorrow. So especially for any Chicago marathon runners this weekend. Yeah. I mean, if you're running the marathon this weekend, hopefully you have tried out some things at this point. I wouldn't necessarily yeah, like <laughs> something new, but that's another good point. Like if you're running a big race, a lot of times they advertise what's going to be out on the course, like what brands they'll have. And so it can be helpful to practice with that if you plan on using some of the drinks and things they're going to be providing on the course. Yeah, so practice, practice, practice is all I want to say when it comes to this stuff to really figure mm-hmm. out what is best for you. And don't stray away from some of these electrolytes on your runs like I did at the beginning because they're probably going to be more beneficial than less, especially if you're worried about any sort of GI distress, like being dehydrated can affect that as well. So better to be hydrated than not. Absolutely. Great tips. Um, Thanks so much for sharing all this and having this chat with me. If anyone listening is like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. I need help with my nutrition, with electrolyte balance, whether you are training for a marathon or just trying to get back into exercise after some time off, whatever your activity level is like, we would be so, so happy to help you with your nutrition. So Kelly is taking new clients. I am taking new clients. We have a few different ways to work with us. So the link um, to book a free discovery call, if you want to work with a dietitian, either myself or Kelly, That link will be in the show notes. You can book a totally free call. Just chat. uh, We'll answer any questions so you can see what it would be like and if this would be a good fit. And then we'll get you set up with some one-on-one support so that you know what to make of all this nuance and how to figure it out for you. So reach out um, with any questions. You can also DM us on Instagram. I will have all of our links in the show notes and we'll have more info coming to you in future episodes. Thanks for joining me, Kelly. Thanks so much for having me. This was so fun. And that's our show. Like I said, check out the links in the show notes if you would like to work with us, follow us on social media, DM us, or just learn more about the practice. And if you have any topic ideas for future episodes, shoot me a DM. I would love to hear from you. Otherwise, I will catch you next week.